Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello and welcome to the world's greatest and officially longest running Doom Patrol related podcast. Yes, welcome to Waiting for Doom, where each episode we talk long and lovingly about our favourite superhero team, the mighty Doom Patrol. Do we ever? I'm Paul, and you can find me on Twitter at reading underscore hicks, and you can send us emails to waitingfordoom at gmail.com, and we are on Facebook, and there's also a blog post place about the uh, Doom Patrol called MyGraceAdventure80.blogspot.com, and guess what? We have a website! It's up! It's live! It's happening! Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> ding, 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 ding! Um... <laughs> And uh, our episodes are available there on the website, which is waitingfordoom.com. But we're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and podbean.com as well. Yes, we're everywhere. We're we're all over the shop. We are like a virus. (laughs) Yes. Like one of those outbreak ones, not one of those, you know, quiet, healthy virus. You know, but we're a Uh pandemic. Right, right. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarb. You can also find on Twitter our sentient show account who is Wilfred, and he's at WFTPod. G'day, Wilfred. There are far too many humans on this show. <laughs> and uh, this week on the show, we are going to be looking at uh, some Doom Patrol-related goodness via the Teen Titans and a little bit of Infinite Crisis. So that's going to be cool stuff. But first, Paul, how has your week in comics and stuff been? There's no inoculation. Um, it's been really good. <laughs> I have um, a brand new comic this week that I've been waiting to, to come out, and it's uh, Lazarus Risen, which is uh, the return of the Lazarus comic mm-hmm. in a, a thicker, bolder, more bookshelf version and it's um basically a quarterly now with a lot more pages okay um and it's it's a it's a treat um so it's continuing the story it's jumped forward again a bit but it's uh yeah it's got backup stiff uh backup stiff it's got backup (laughs) stuff um there's a short story by lila sturges at the back oh cool yeah and there's like this um role-playing bits and pieces in there and it's great wow love it I, I, so, I must admit, I fell way behind on Lazarus, and I never sort of got back in. I think the last bit I was up to was where they had a meeting of the families on that giant resort base thing in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And and one of the, the family heads got killed off by poison or something. Uh, and then you know, stuff, life happened, and I, I never got back into it. But it was, it was a great comic. It was fantastic. Yeah, I think you're about... Three trades behind, perhaps. From... Okay, okay. That's... Yeah, but these like trades. These new issues are like trades. So, cool, cool, awesome, and um, that's probably the best thing I've read lately. What about you? Uh, actually, re- well, I think I'm only like a month. Only I'm always a month behind comics. <laughs> um, I read Detective Comics nine nine seven. Uh, where it looks like Bats has figured out that Hugo Strange is behind all the weirdness uh, of, you know, mentors in his life and people that influence Bruce to become Bats, um, sort of, you know, being captured and tortured and stuff. So that was interesting to see that. Uh, And Justice League 17 and the Annual, um, which did a really nice job of actually 
reminding me what the hell happened in Justice League No Justice and a bit of Dark Knight's Metal stuff with the whole source wall stuff. <laughs> I'm not explaining it very well at all. Um, I understand completely. It's the source wall. It's made of barbecue sauce. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and a bit of mustard in there as well. So, um, yeah. So they, they, they were good. And actually, Justice League 17 had a, was a great issue between Martian Manhunter and Lex Luthor. And, yeah, I, I won't give that away if you haven't read it. But uh, that, that I was, have read it. Have you read have read it. it. Yeah, well, yeah, that was really cool. That was... Yeah. Most of the action took place near the condiment wall as well. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, are you done? Yeah. <laughs> You got it out of your system, you know. Um, yes, thank you. You don't. You don't need to catch up and, or, and get, anything, <laughs> get anything else out. So, um, I, I also do want to sort of pat ourselves on the back and give you a, a virtual handshake, Paul, because uh, with this episode, we are officially the longest-running Doom Patrol podcast in the world. Good grief. Uh, and and that, that's a bit of a milestone, uh, 140 episodes. You don't normally hear about, you know, 140 of anything being celebrated. Normally it's like 150. But, you know, it's we, we've come a long way, baby, as the kids say. So, yeah, <laughs> yay us. 140 yay episodes us. in the can. We've managed to just, just nudge past uh, another Doom Patrol podcast that was around before ours. Finally. So, Finally, yes. So, standing on the shoulders of giants, I guess, and that sort of thing. (laughs) But we've strived forth, we've we've come up with our own website, uh, and kudos to Paul for kicking all that off. Uh, That was a great idea, and is going to launch us and our virus even further (laughs) into the digital (laughs) world. (laughs) So, yay us. Well done, us. And, And thank you to everyone who listens to our silliness and shenanigans and insight into the patrol thanks for everyone it comes back yes yes <laughs> and and thanks to all the people that have recently joined us you know uh, we we seem to get new followers every week which is great and very encouraging so hmm. yay we're, we're, we're doing a good thing doing the lord's work or something uh, we're doing something yeah <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Let's move on, and how about we have a look at what's been going on in terms of Doom News. Doom News, yes. So we have some actual comic news in Doom News. So uh, yeah, it hit the hit the Twitters this week that there's a new Doom Patrol omnibus coming, which is the Bronze Age omnibus. And mm. this, the exciting thing about this is that this is all stuff which is never before seen print in the one book. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you are if you are a fan of the Doom Patrol, but you've never read the sort of interim years between Volume One and the start of Volume Two, this is the book for you. So. Let's, I'll tell you exactly what's in it. So it will have a brand new cover by Steve Lytle, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if you see a cover online, that's a mock-up. That's not the real cover. Yeah. Um, anyway, here it says, some of the rarest adventures of the Doom Patrol, the stars of their own live-action TV series streaming on the DC Universe platform, are reprinted for the first time. Following the end of the original series in 1968, the Doom Patrol, the world's strangest heroes, made their return in 1977 in a series of tales that jumped across titles and features appearances by Supergirl, Superman, The Suicide Squad, and more. This collects Showcase 94 to 96, okay, which is where the team came back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, DC Comics Presents 52, which is uh, the first appearance of Ambush Bug as well. Nice. And then Daring New Adventures of Supergirl 7 to 9, as covered on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, Secret Origins Annual... Yeah, yeah, that introduced the team. Doom Patrol 1 to 18, uh, Doom Patrol and the Suicide Squad Special, Superman 20, which is the crossover with, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's number 9 or something like that? Yeah. No. Uh, yep, 10. Something like that, 10. yeah. Yeah, anyway. And uh, the Doom Patrol annual number 1 and stories from Superman Family 191 to 193. Plus, Paul Kupperberg said there's going to be a brand new um, Never Before published Old story, so not brand new, but old. Um, yep. But it's never been published. It's an inventory fill-in uh, story that was meant mm. to come out sometime, and that's um, been completed, and it will be uh, published. Mm, very interesting. Uh, so, yeah, that that went from, oh, I'd really like to own that, to I will own it. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I'm on the fence with it. I... I I don't own any omnibuses or omnibuy, whatever the correct term is. I I don't. And I, I don't know, I like my single issues, but that's just me. You're not omnibitten or omnishy? <laughs> I could be. I could very well be. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, omnibuses, are, they're formidable and they're expensive. And mm. it's not for the faint of heart. Um, it's not, no. Yeah, but... Yeah, I mean, they do crush the lap on the toilet, but uh, <laughs> they're worth... Wow. They're worth a read. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you got that privacy screen, isn't it? Ah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I am intrigued by what the unpublished story is, though, I have to admit. Yeah, I'm. I'd like to... I mean, I have a lot of these digitally. I've got, uh, you know, all the Volume 2 issues, and I've got the Annual and the Suicide Squad Special, and, you know, I've got things like uh, some of the Showcase issues and the mm-hmm. DC Comics Presents issue, but I don't have, you know, I don't have about a quarter of this. Okay. Uh, and, you know, and there's a new issue in there, and there's a new introduction by Paul. Yeah. You know, and I want I want this to be a success. I want more Doom Patrol in print, and, you know, this is one of the things that we hope for when a TV show co- comes along as such. Yeah, yeah, new new Doom Patrol in print, yep. That'd yeah, speaking of TV shows, did you watch anything this week? Uh, I watched some TV, yeah. How about you? Yeah, I watched a bit of uh, Married at First Sight. It's a train wreck, isn't it? <laughs> I wouldn't know, because I don't watch reality TV because it's garbage. It's hot garbage, and I avoid it like a plague. We're talking a lot about plagues and viruses this episode. It is. It's, yeah, it's very germy yet. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so I watched uh, Doom Patrol episode five this week, and that was so um, did I. yeah, yeah, that was the part two of the D Creator story, and yeah, I mean, part um, the first part was very true to the comic and really mm-hmm. stuck to it, and this one sort of um, launched itself off into its own version and reality and changed everything, and you know, yeah. it was very um, unexpected and. Mm. Um, 
which is good, but um, there's some things I, I really liked about this set, but there's some things I, I thought were not the strongest. What about you? I, I will agree with you there. I I thought, okay, cool, they are doing their own thing with this with this storyline. That's cool. Yeah, I still enjoyed it. It was still entertaining. Jane's backstory uh, in the asylum, that was interesting to see. Very interesting to see Dr. Harrison... Uh, mm. that persona from Volume Six uh, appear a little bit nose out of joint, personally about kind of time travel elements with Mister Nobody going, <laughs> ha- having to wade through flashbacks as he was very annoyed at having to do. Uh, but I'm just not a fan of time travel stories at the best of times these days. But yeah, overall it it was another good episode. But yeah. It, it was, I guess, also because in the comics the decreator was wasn't fully defeated, but was slowed down to a point that things were still vanishing from the world, but yes. at such a slow rate that no one would really notice. And it's he, like your pen disappearing. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Things like that. Whereas this, they had the staring contest in the sky, and somehow that cancelled each eye out. <laughs> I enjoyed that, but. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the ending I expected, but I mean, that's no. sometimes a good thing. I I thought there was a beautiful, poignant moment between um, Rita and Elliot, and mm-hmm. when he vanished, I thought that was really moving, and, you know, when he disappeared and Rita's face just, you yeah. know, drooped. Yeah, it was really sad. And, also, uh, her mention of Crocs. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a I'm, terrible place, and people wear Crocs. Yes, I fully, I am there with you, Rita. I completely agree. Yeah, mm. but I'm um, five episodes in. Rita's still my favourite character by far. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was, I have to admit, I was a big fan of uh, the opening scene of this episode with uh, the punk club, and Jane just going full on hell for leather and giving the skinhead punks what for. It mm. was, it was very. Awesome opening to that scene, but um, yeah, it was. I don't know. It, it's it wasn't my favourite episode so far. It was still good, but yeah, I, I did I did enjoy seeing Marilyn turn up at the end. Uh, yes, <laughs> she she was good, but it kind of just it all wrapped up kind of quickly and conveniently, and yeah. Just just left a few questions, so, but yeah, it was you know they can't all be winners. It was still a good episode, but yeah, I, I think one of the things that is unsatisfying is the you know horrific abuse that Jane suffered in the uh, institution, mm-hmm. and there's no um, cathartic resolution of that. You know, yeah, they, they get away with it. She leaves, and that's yeah. that's it. And you know, I, I you know, it's drama, and I know that you know that. They're taking things in certain directions, but you know, sometimes you want to see someone get their ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, although I, I did like the kind of gently, gently step they took with Niles, basically rescuing her from that place at the mm. end. There, I thought that was well done. But I guess I also have concerns about the upcoming episode, episode six. And I know people are going to go, "Oh, Mike, you're on your mento." hate thing again and you're kind of right dear listener <laughs> but but it's also that in, in the promo they they show a a, t- a trio who are in 
you know, superhero types. And one of them is, yes, Mento. Uh, one of them appears to be uh, Arani, Celsius. And I, I believe the other one is uh, Lodestone, so Rhea Jones. And I just, I, there's part of me that's like, oh, okay, so they're going to be the original Doom Patrol? That, mm. that just seems a bit of a weird... T- to me, it's just a bit of a weird mix, I think. And, yeah, I I guess the stickler in me was hoping that they would kind of stick to the team's chronology a little bit closer. Even yeah. though they, they've, you know, taken the original trio from the 60s and added Jane into it uh, for, for the, you know, opening season. And and now it looks like we're going to get flashbacks, more flashbacks, oh, damn you, Burn, to, <laughs> to you know, the original Doom Patrol, and it'll, it'll have this trio. And I think the guy that is, you know, posing them to, to take publicity photos, I think that's meant to be Josh Clay. He is mentioned in the synopsis as being, yeah, uh, mm. as in the the show, the episode description. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Mento, yeah, mm, yeah, Mento. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where do I mean, Because I find this this show really, um, it's impossible to anticipate. Really, you know, you this get the true. promo, you get some images, but you know, every single episode has been surprising and different. So. Yes. Yes, although I noticed in the uh, the promo info that they have two different actresses for Arani, uh, a, a young Arani and an old Arani. Ooh. So that's that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. So, yeah, uh, obviously, you know, people that have listened to the show for a while know I am not a fan of Mento. Look, if, if the writers and the actor portraying him can bring out his jerkiness... I guess I will be happy with that. <laughs> so, um, and the other interesting announcement that came out recently was that Ed Asner has been cast for episode 13, I believe. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I have, I can't wait to see who or what he's meant to be playing because mm. I can't, I can't think of a likeness that would be close to Ed Asner. So. General Immortus? Nah, uh, maybe. I don't know. I was wondering if, if uh, he was going to be Gargoax. Ah. I mean, in, in that promo for episode six, there is a costume on a, on a mannequin that looks like a space moo that Gargoax would wear. Oh, okay. So, hmm. But, but you're right. You, you, as much as we can guess, we can't anticipate what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, which is which is great. Makes it keeps it more fun. So, yeah, it's quite, it's quite a ride. Yes, it, over. I, I think yeah, episode five. Yeah, it, was, it was okay. I, I still enjoyed it for the most part. I actually did enjoy seeing the cult of the recreator uh, coming out and dancing to the song "Ring My Bell." Yeah. <laughs> I thought you would like that. Actually, yeah. I was just like, "Holy crap!" They actually pulled it off. <laughs> In the again, in the most unexpected way. So yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's been a great season, really. It really has. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And even the worst episode of um, Doom Patrol is much better than you know the best episode of Arrow. So, <laughs> do do you have a favourite episode of Arrow? Um, no. Oh, funny that. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched every single one. Have you really? 
I have, yes. Wow, okay. I, I'm way behind on all those CW DC shows. So, yeah. Story of my life, I'm behind on everything. Oh, well. So, mm. Well, just, just the only thing I'm wondering is what's that ticking, though? Oh, well, I know you're not new, so you should be used to it by now, but that is the ticking of the Doom Clock. Wow. I know, right? So as we look upon the face of the mighty Doom Clock, we can see that it has been just over 18 weeks since we had a new Doom Patrol book in our hot hands, that being issue 12 of volume 6, brought to us by Jared Way, Jeremy Lambert, Dan McDade, Tamara Bonvilla, Nick Darrington, Todd Klein, Molly Mahan, and Mark Doyle. That issue saw the Reynolds family fighting to free the Demonscape from Margoth, the Demon Lord, and we discussed it back in episode 131. Issue 13 is, at this stage, scheduled for who knows when. There's no news. There's no, yeah, at this stage. There's no news, no nothing. Um, still disappointed that there isn't anything to, you know, capitalise off the TV show. Very odd. Fill the doom-shaped void in our life. Yeah, yeah. But then again, when you're on a show called Waiting for Doom, you're kind of used to it in a way. <laughs> It is partly expected, yes. Yes, it, it was the whole premise behind the show when we started it. So, mm, um, true. We true, should be yeah. used to it, but it hurts. It hurts so much. It's <laughs> not fair. Anyway, Paul, are you ready for the This Week in Doom Patrol History guessing game? Am I ready? Yes, I am. Excellent. Okay. I'm glad you confirmed that with yourself. Uh, so, I think because it was... So enjoyable for us last time. I'm assuming the listeners enjoyed it. We didn't get any feedback. Thanks, guys. I, once again, am going to roll a six-sided dice. That is the number of guesses you get to make about the comic that came out this week in Doom Patrol history. So here we go. Four. Four guesses. Okay. Four guesses. Okay. 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 Uh, wow. Is... Uh, what's the price of this comic? The price of this comic is... The American price. American price is $3.99. Okay. Is it a regular comic in a volume, or is it a special comic? It is a regular issue in a volume. Okay. okay. Well, that means it must be from volume six, because I don't think any other volumes had $3.99 as cover price. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how many questions have I asked? You've asked two. You've asked the price and whether it was a regular issue or a special issue. Okay. Um, is it in the first trade paperback of the Doom Patrol Gerard Way run? Yes. <laughs> Ooh, it's yes. So it could be between issue one and issue six. Mm-hmm. Um, is the number of the issue higher than the dice roll? <laughs> yes. Is it Doom Patrol number six? Oh, it was issue five. Ah, shit. But okay. that is that is the best you've done. I have to say. Because, yes, going on sale for three ninety nine on March 22nd of 2017 with a cover date of May of that year was issue 5 of Doom Patrol Volume 6. Is that the one with Robotman's head on the cover? Yes, it is. It ah. is. That is the one. So, yes. Excellent. 
Well done, sir. You you got what? Seventy five percent of the way there. Ah, okay. So this story was titled Let's Go Fast and was brought to us by Jared Way, Nick Darrington, Todd Klein, Tamara Bonvillain, Jamie S. Rich, and Molly Mayhan. And it also came with a variant cover by Pharrell Dalrymple. So yes, this was part five of the Brick by Brick arc and saw the team finally come together to save Danny Land from the evil of Tormanox. He just Tormanox didn't have a plan, he said he was just evil. Uh, so Tormanox and the Vectra were trying to destroy Danny Land in the mobile slaughter unit X-19. And at the very end, we had a surprise appearance from Jane, the cult leader, leading into Ooh. the next arc. So, yeah, we covered this issue way back in episode 89 from March of 2017. Can you really? It's like two years ago. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, we had the first arc, and then... Yeah. It's 51 episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know? And where are we now? Still waiting for Doom. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you can check out episode 89... Uh, for further details of that, just to, you know, hype up the website once again, when you go there, there's a section called Doom Dossiers, which is a cool little feature where we have all the episodes for each volume sorted in chronological order. So if you go and look up Doom Dossiers Volume 6, you'll be able to hear all of our thoughts about all of the issues from Volume 6. Wow. And if you check out the other Doom Dossiers for each volume, you'll be able to have... Similar joy brought to your life. Have you done all that work? I have done all that work, my friend. Bloody <laughs> hell. I know. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, and uh, Wilfred helped a bit too. So, you know, <laughs> can't do anything without Wilfred. But yeah, it's, it's, a very, it, it's a feature I really like on the website because then you can just go, hey, I want to read some Doom Patrol comics with commentary by Mike and Paul and I want to read it in chronological order. I will go check out the Doom dossiers. I want to read it now. Let's do that, okay? The end of the show, let's just go read some comments. No, 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 (laughs) we'll get get through the rest of it. Uh, But yes, that is it for the Doom Clock this week. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. You need to take out the trash. I don't have time for that now. We have two podcasts I have to create a new promo for. What? Both JLU Cast and Supermates? Yes. JLU Cast, where you and I discussed the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited animated series from Bruce Timm and company. And Supermates, our original show where we talk about all sorts of geeky stuff, including our annual House of Frankenstein series on classic horror films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. But how do we combine this into one promo? I have no idea, but it sounds like we're doing our original Supermates promo all over again. I kind of think we are, but hey, other folks kind of aped it, so it must have worked. Well, why don't you get to work taking out the trash, and I'll finish up. Great. So join us, Cindy. And Chris. On JLU Cast and Supermates, both proudly part of the Fire & Water Podcast Network, found at fireandwaterpodcast.com and on iTunes. And now it's time for the part of the show that we like to call Doomsplaining, where we doomsplain to you, the dear listener, everything about, well, not everything, but something about the Doom Patrol. A uh, lot of things. A lot of things, yeah. We, we talk a lot about Doom Patrol, if, if you're joining us for the first time. This week on the show, we are looking at Doom Patrol via the pages of Teen Titans and some Infinite Crisis. So we're heading back to 2006 uh, to give us some goodness written mainly by Jeff Johns. 
in both those stories. Uh, so, Paul, take it away. Kick us off with this Doom Patrol goodness, please. Uh, okay. So, yeah, we're not... There's nothing much in Infinite Crisis, but in, it, a lot of this first story is contextualised by Infinite Crisis. And what happened in Infinite Crisis is um, the multiverse was you know, under threat in Crisis on Infinite Earths back in 1985. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, most of the multiverse got boiled down into one universe. And um, there was a few superheroes and various characters who were sort of stuck outside of the multiverse, but there to watch. And, you know, their planets had gone, but they were, you know, they'd, I mean, their multiverse dimensions were gone, but they were there, you know, dwelling outside and they seem you know fairly content with their lot but in infinite crisis one of them particularly is not happy anymore and that is superboy of uh, earth prime mm. Uh, mm, and he is a right prick uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, s, gets, the, the s stands for shithead <laughs> yeah, and he gets involved with uh, uh, Lex Luthor from Another World, and they hatch a scheme basically to bring the multiverse back, or at least bring their uh, dimensions back. Mm. Um, and, you know, they execute their scheme, and lots of bad stuff goes down. And uh, so this is where we join the story of Teen Titans uh, 32. But if you read uh, Infinite Crisis number four, you will see the Doom Patrol in a splash page mm. with with all the heroes assembled, there's a bit of Doom Patrol people in, in the midst of that. But, um, yeah, and all of these written by Jeff Johns. Uh, most of the art was done by Tony Daniel of these Teen Titans issues. But, yeah, I'll take you through the first one. And we're, we're just going to speed through. And I, I got these synopses off the DCFandom.com site, which uh, saved me a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> and now I will don my glasses and read for you. So, Superboy Prime shows up at the Kent farm in Smallville. He tells Connor that only he has the right to call himself Superboy. Superboy Prime attacks him and nearly injures the Kents. Crypto, the dog, rises to Connor's defense and bites Prime on the shoulder. He brutally injures Crypto and then resumes his bloodthirsty attack on Connor. Meanwhile, and this is where we're really interested, Beast Boy visits the Doom Patrol at their new headquarters in Key Mordaz. And this is the burned Doom Patrol with... Uh, who we got? Nudge and Grunt and oh. uh, yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, <laughs> Negative Man, um, Rita, Rita's back, um, etc. And the Chief and uh, Robot Man. Anyway, uh, none of the Doom Patrol members ever recall seeing them before. That's um, Beast Boy. Beast Boy asks how Elastigirl is still alive, but she has no recollection of ever being anything but. Uh, the Chief tells Gar that he has a dream where he envisioned the Doom Patrol's demise at the hand of General Zal. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, shortly thereafter, the Titans learn about the Superboy fight in Smallville, and they call in every hero available, including the Doom Patrol, the JSA, and the Titan Reserve members. Jay Garrick, Wally West, and Kid Flash scoop up Superboy Prime and race away with him. The rest of the heroes follow suit and begin fighting him again in Keystone City. Speedy, the the girl Speedy from the Teen Titans, uh, fires a special Phantom Zone arrow that she acquired from Arsenal. Uh, at Superboy, and as the missile strikes him, Superboy is thrust into the Phantom Zone. However, his super strength is sufficient for him to break free. This causes reality to fracture and change, where the Doom Patrol remembers their previous adventures, Elastigirl's death, Beast Boy's time on the team, and the former hero, uh, Superboy, goes berserk and begins slaughtering heroes. He kills Wildebeest, Panther, and Bushido, and cuts off Risk's arm with his heat vision. Uh, the super speed characters grab a hold of him once again and throw Superboy Prime directly into the speed force. Mm. 
Mm. So, I mean, the main thing about this is the Doom Patrol stuff. So, yeah, the Infinite Crisis, Superboy, Prime, Fight, that's all going to get resolved, so don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it'll turn out fine. Yeah, yeah. but um, at this point where reality fractures, we get this fantastic double-page spread with uh, Beast Boy going, ah, in the middle of it. And, <laughs> yeah. But all around him are images of the history of the Doom Patrol, and it's sort of saying... Uh, everything happened and we're going to, uh, it's not integrated, but it all uh, is valid. Mm. So, you know, on one, you know, we got little glimpses of the accident that caused uh, all the Doom Patrol members to become Doom Patrol-y. Um, yep. And, yep. And then you've got um, them, you know, fighting an alien with Beast Boy. And then there's the team sacrificing their life. Then there's the Teen Titans cover where the cliff is strung up on the the old ruins, yep, um, yep. and then you can see the, the 70s team with the, uh, Josh Clay and Irani and Negative Woman, uh, and then, you know, Teen Titans flying Plasmus and the Brotherhood of Evil, you know, getting revenge on Madame Rouge. Then they've got the new young Doom Patrollers from Volume 2 with Karma and Lodestone and Hot Hands. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah, fighting Shrapnel. And then it has images from... The uh, Morrison Doom Patrol with the Scissor Men and Danny the Street and the Brotherhood of Dada, Lodestone when she's sort of gone all weird and naked with an eye in the middle of her chest. Yep. Um, you can see a glimpse of Flex Mentello, uh, Headless Chief from the Polychron. Yep. yep. Or with a head, but nothing else. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's even a glimpse of uh, Beast Boy fighting Gemini, who was uh, Madame Rouge's daughter. Mm-hmm. From- and that happened in the Beast Boy miniseries. Yep, yep. And then there's shots of the Doom Patrol in the burn run. So the underwater adventure from issue two, I believe, or three. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, yeah. and then all standing around and nudge. Um, and there's glimpses of the Arcudi Doom Patrol as well, which is fantastic. I just realised that there's even a glimpse of, I'm pretty sure it's the Mortexes from the Doom, from the John Byrne run in one of the shards as well. Uh, which, you are absolutely right, and wow, wow, <laughs> that's attention to detail. Right wow, oh, golly! But yeah, there, there's a bit of everything there from the Doom Patrol history. It's it's one of the greatest splash pages I've ever seen, despite my obvious bias towards the Patrol. No, no, it's amazing. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, and we will put some pictures of this on the website. Do we have a website, Paul? <laughs> we do have a website. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- there's even uh, Red Jack in, in one of them as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just that just the detail in it. it. It captures everything across all of their history so well. It's it's such a great piece of art. There's Cliff's body that became sentient and rejected him too. Mm, yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was... That's the main thing from this issue. So, yeah, the reality of the Doom Patrol has, was basically subverted by John Byrne wanting to do his own um, continuity. Mm. Uh, and this is, you know, Jeff John's repairing that by sh- showing that it's all happened, it's all real, and he's going to do something to integrate it. Um, but he doesn't do it in this story. So at this point, Infinite Crisis uh, resolves. Uh, Superboy Connor uh, dies, um, yep, to save mm. everyone. Yeah, and- and then uh, the DC Universe launches the miniseries 52, which is basically one year in the life of the DC Universe. But it also jumped all the comics ahead, and they started at one year later, which is where we pick up the story now in Teen Titans 35. So in this comic, 
Cyborg awakens a year after he went into space during Infinite Crisis. He finds Titan's Tower filled with new faces, including Kid Devil, uh, the Ravager, uh, Slade Wilson's daughter, Deathstroke's daughter, and Wendy and Marvin. Um, a fight ensues between Cyborg and these new Titans until Robin interrupts it. He explains that Kid Devil and the Ravager are now Teen Titans, and a lot has changed since Cyborg went into his coma. He tells Cyborg of Superboy's death and the other changes the team went through in the last year. Meanwhile, Gemini, who's uh, Madame Rouge's daughter, with the same sort of powers, can shapeshift and stuff, mm-hmm. she's working for the Brotherhood of Eel, and she steals something called the Blast Assist map from Star Labs. And Wonder Girl stops Gemini just in time for the Teen Titans to show up. Ravager mentions that Robin has asked Wonder Girl to join the team three times, which she has refused. She says she felt abandoned by Robin when he went off to retrain himself with Batman a year ago, as seen in 52, a little bit, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, later back at the tower, Titan's Tower, uh, Cyborg tries to contact Beast Boy, who is now a member of the Doom Patrol, but with no success. Even later, Robin goes into a lair under Titan's Tower, where he is apparently trying to reclone Superboy unsuccessfully. Mm. Yes. Anyway, then in the next issue, we'll just go straight into the next one, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Teen Titans 35, uh, Robin makes another attempt to clone Superboy. Filing that, he begin- returns to his bedroom and Rose, which is the Ravager, uh, enters the room naked and apparently inebriated. Uh, she comes onto Robin. Really? Uh, but Tim <laughs> manages to push her away. Before the situation can become even more uncomfortable, Kid Devil bursts in declaring that there is an intruder in the war room. The intruder turns out to be Cassie Sandsmark, or Wonder Girl, as we know her, who has been absent from the team ever since the death of the Superboy. Rose and she still hold a lot of hostility towards one another, and Rose changes into a Ravager costume to confront Cassie. That's good. You want naked confrontation. Uh, <laughs> two begin fighting, but Cyborg breaks them up. Later, Kid Devil goes to the roof of the tower to talk to Blue Devil on his telephone. According to Eddie, Blue Devil makes him call in four times a day. Ravager meets with him, and the two begin to bond. Back inside, Cassie tells Cyborg and Robin that the Brotherhood of Evil have been raiding cloning facilities around the country in an effort to clone a human body for the group's leader, the Brain, and they are currently at large in New York City. The Titans fly out to New York and engage the Brotherhood. The Brotherhood have two new members, the Elephant Man and Goldilocks. Uh, Like his name implies, the Elephant Man is a giant humanoid elephant, or man who is an elephant. (laughs) And... Goldilocks is a little girl with long hair that she can uh, control. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So Goldilocks ensnares Robin in her tresses, but Ravager slices through them with her sword, freeing him. Cyborg takes on the Elephant Man, while Wonder Girl tries to capture Warp with her magic lasso. So you've got some classic uh, Brotherhood of Evil people as well. Uh, Kid Devil attacks Plasmus, but Plasmus grabs him and burns his chest. Uh, causing it to rip open. And after several more minutes of intense fighting, Warp teleports the rest of the Brotherhood to freedom. The Titans rush to Kid Devil's side to try and administer aid. Suddenly, the Doom Patrol arrive to lend a hand. And this Doom Patrol is made up of Vox, who is Mal Duncan, who used to be called... Herald? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, Bumblebee, yep. who is uh, not the Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, yep. yep. Yeah, but rather Black Girl, who's small and uh, can fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Negative Man, or Larry Trainer, as we know him, and Rita Farr, and uh, Cliff Steele, and Beast Boy, and The Chief. Yeah. Mm. And not shown is the member Mento, who is at home. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> which brings us to Teen Titans number 36, which has a fantastic cover featuring the Doom Patrol coming at you. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, nice Doom Patrol mm. action. Yeah. And uh, it looks like Gar is riding a giant yellow sponge. <laughs> oh, Gar. <laughs> Anyway, uh, in this issue, the brain and Monsieur Mallard stand outside a balcony in Paris, France. The brain fantasizes about soon having a human body, following which he swears to gain vengeance against his old foes, the Doom Patrol. Meanwhile, the Doom Patrol and the Teen Titans bring the injured kid devil to the Doom Patrol's castle headquarters in Prague. The chief requires complete privacy in his laboratory in order to help Eddie. Cyborg is anxious to get back on the hunt for the Brotherhood of Evil. So Vox, Mal Duncan, who has been injured in Infinite Crisis and now been repaired and sort of has like cyborg parts too, he opens a portal and Larry Trainer sends the negative man into it in order to track down the rest of the Brotherhood. While the Chief operates, the rest of the Teen Titans mingle with the Doom Patrol. Cyborg is shocked to see Vox and Bumblebee in their present conditions. He is even more surprised over the fact that Beast Boy has left the Titans to become part of the Doom Patrol again. Ravager and Wonder Girl continue to fight over Kid Devil's condition. In the lab, Elastigirl assists the Chief with working on Eddie. The Chief reminds Elastigirl that she is a freak who would have no chance for a normal life without him. Robin sneaks into the laboratory and is disgusted to hear the way the Chief is speaking to her. Beast Boy goes to the castle study where his stepfather Steve Dayton is using his old Mento helmet to help him write novels. Beast Boy asks Steve to use the helmet to find the brain's brainwaves, but Dayton feels that his writing is more important. Kid Devil's operation proves successful and he's sitting up in bed. Robin enters the room and asks him about his alleged telephone conversations with Blue Devil. He reveals that he spoke to Blue Devil himself and discovered that he has not had any, any contact with Eddie in over two years. Eddie confesses that he lied about keeping in touch with Blue Devil, but is evasive as to the exact reasons why. The Chief enters the room and offers Kid Devil a place on the Doom Patrol. Before Eddie's future can be decided, Negative Man returns. He is gravely injured and tells Cyborg that the Brotherhood has captured Robot Man, Vox and Bumblebee. The Teen Titans race to Paris where they discover that the brain has completed his operation. He has displaced his brain inside a clone human body of a very derpy looking guy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, we'll push on to the finale of this arc. Mm-hmm. And it's Okay, Teen Titans number 37. In Paris, France, the Teen Titans fight against the Brotherhood of Evil in an effort to rescue the captured members of the Doom Patrol. Wonder Girl and Ravager charge towards the brain, now inhabiting a clone human body, but the brain repels them with a blast from an energy gun. Suddenly, Elastigirl bursts up through the ground beneath them, sending the Brotherhood members scattering. Warp begins teleporting all over the scene, regrouping his teammates. Robot Man begins beating on Plasmus, and Wonder Girl wraps Gemini up in her lasso. The brain reveals that Niles Calder was responsible for the accident that destroyed his human body. He claims that he was once Calder's assistant, but Niles grew jealous of the brain's work with evolutionary study and arranged for an accident that destroyed his body. Suddenly, the brain's clone body begins to degenerate. Malar grabs him and races away, climbing high atop the Eiffel Tower. Before the brain's body completely fails, Malar tears his head off, placing it back into the original steel casing. They manage, yeah, they manage to elude capture and retreat back to a safe location. With the brain and Mala missing, the Titans round up the remaining members of the Brotherhood and return to Doom Patrol headquarters. Kid Devil is recuperating well from his injuries and is up and walking around. Niles Calder offers him a place on the team, signing 
accepting that the Doom Patrol is the only group that he will, that will ever truly accept him. He further insinuates that the Titans don't even like him. Suddenly, T- Steve Dayton walks into the room. He has removed the Mento helmet and is thinking clearly once more. He tells Calder that he is no longer leading the Doom Patrol and warns him about speaking ill of Elastigirl and Beast Boy ever again. The Titans return to Titans Tower. Cyborg watches a security monitor from the past year, showing all the various Titans, old and new, pouring out their hearts to him. Wonder Girl goes in the basement where she finds Robin. Tim has continued his work on trying to clone Connor, but failing at every turn. Cassie realises that Tim agreed to go on the mission to fight the brain because he hoped that the brain's work with cloning could be used to resurrect Connor. In a moment of emotional discord, Robin and Wonder Girl kiss each other. Wonder Girl awkwardly breaks away from him and flies out of the tower. So enough of that soap opera crap. What do you think of the story? <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. I, I actually liked the logic they use in you know Robin's wanting to bring Connor back to life uh, and tying it into, hey, look, the Brotherhood are trying to create a new body for the brain. So I, I think it worked really nicely in that way. I think this might be the only backstory we've ever seen about the brain, unless I'm forgetting something from the 60s run. But even then, I don't think we ever saw the brain's origin. No, I think this is it. This is uh, the only time it's ever been delved into, really. Mm. And I I think it kind of works, and it kind of explains Malar as well. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I I think it's a really cool, fun story, uh, and it it just works really well, and the art's great. I I was really happy. I haven't read this in quite some time, and I was really happy to do it again. It it was just good fun. Uh, And uh, I was kind of surprised that Mento turned out to be the good guy at the end. Yeah, (laughs) and was, you know, telling Niles off and, like, if you want to stay here in Dayton Manor, you got to behave yourself. Yeah. And the chief just sort of wheels himself away and says, I'll be in my lab, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> skulks off. Uh, so, yay, Mento, I guess. So, it, it, it yeah, it, it was a really good, fun read, I think. Uh, I also, I, as we've said, the, the, the splash page with Superboy Prime's punch shattering reality and bringing the Doom Patrol and all their history back into the present day. That was awesome. I also really liked the panel where they realised that the brain's body is degenerating and the look of just shock and anguish on Malar's face. I I don't know what it is, but I really like that panel. He just looks so panicked all of a sudden and, like, he's freaking out that his love is about to, you know... All their plans that they had were about to just dissolve before him. And just a look on that poor gorilla's face. It got me. It really got me. That's, I mean, that's really good work too, if you can, you know, put emotion on a gorilla face. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well well done, Tony Daniel. And Kevin yeah. Conrad. Yeah, I, I mean, this is an interesting place in Doom Patrol history because it sort of bridges the continuity discord that happened with uh, the burn run and sort of mm. brings it back to something that makes a bit more sense without fully explaining it. Like, reality is altered at the end of Infinite Crisis, so you can get away with making yeah. revisions, and that's what they do. Uh, but it's interesting that uh, Nudge and Grant appear in uh, the Infinite Crisis story, but they seem to be uh, not the, in the team or, you know, not active or not with the team at this point. Um, and we mm. do see them later in the Doom Patrol history, so, um, you know, I don't think they've been revised out uh, they may be just been taken off the board for this arc. What a, what a, what a shame. What, 
Oh, oh dear. What? Yeah. Uh, oh my. Yeah. That. Don't get all the we know. Just, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. We, look, we we know that they come back in volume five, and I can't wait to get to that scene that they have. Mm. That's. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's a good nifty little story, and I think also that um, Jeff Johns took a bit of this when he wrote his uh, Titans episode on the Doom Patrol. Um, did. Yeah, on the TV show. So yeah, because mm. I mean, it's got the the Doom Patrol r- residing away from everyone else in a house, and it has you know the chief keen to have Raven join the team away from the Titans at that point. And yeah, and he, he says similar things to to her in that episode of that show that he said to Kid Devil in this storyline. You know, yeah, you, you'll ne- you'll never be accepted anywhere else, and you know only I can sort of understand. It. And it just it's yeah it, it's just a, the real creepy manipulative chief sort of at the next level almost which i still i i miss the the kind of serious but occasionally jovial uncle from the 60s run sometimes yeah it's just yeah. yeah, but it's interesting that the Doom Patrol TV show sort of backpedaled from that sinister version of the chief that they had in the Titans episode yeah yeah He's uh, a bit friendlier. He's not so much a bastard. No, <laughs> no. Although we still have what ten episodes to go. Yeah, and so and another season. Yes, at least yes. At so. this stage. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, th- this was good fun. It, it's a really good read. I, I highly recommend it if if you're looking for a bit of you know Teen Titans and Doom Patrol history um, action history. You know what I mean? I do. Yes. Yeah, I recommend it, and I mean you can find this in in print and on Comicsology around the place. So check it out. Yeah, yeah, I I actually read it uh, in the trade paperback format. Uh, so Teen Titans Volume Five, Life and Death, and Teen Titans Titans Around the World Volume Six. Uh, so yeah, they and they go on with a bit more of you know understandably Titan soap opera uh, and a bit more of their drama, but it's it's got the patrol stuff there, and it was good fun. Yeah. Jeff Johns was doing good stuff then. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Doom Splained, stamp, click, bye. And now it's the Mailbag of Doom, which is where we uh, go through your responses to our question of the week. And last episode, our question was, who's your favourite comic character that works best in a supporting guest role and shouldn't headline a book? So, yeah, I thought no one would respond to this, and boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, we heard from Ryan Daly at Ryan Daly 01, and uh, our mate Ryan said Baron Winters from Night Force, and that. Night Force? Yeah, yeah. a good call. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, he uh, needs some peeps around him. Uh, Doug Zavisha, our Doom Bro at D Zavisha on the Twitters, said Hot Hands. So, yeah, I, I can't ever imagine. Hot Hands, um, leading a book. I'd buy the crap out of it. Anyway, um, <laughs> we heard from we heard from Slangword Scott, who said, "Favorite? Hmm, probably the Beast, circa Avengers one thirty seven to two hundred, or Hawkeye." But the first character I thought of was Wolverine. I always liked him best as a side character who didn't fit in. Once it became a headliner, my interest plummeted. Ooh, mm. that's a lot of plummeting. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, he's he's as bad as Spider Man and Batman. So imagine Chip Zdarsky doing a Wolverine book. <laughs> what if? <laughs> Uh, Devin Sanders at Devin Sanders on Twitter said Rogue forever will be on my headcanon X-Men teams but I will never need to read anything she does outside of that it's fair cool cool. yeah absolutely Uh, Mr. Morbid uh, said too many to list but I'll offer a top 10 list and he said Blue Devil Elongated Man Tigra or is it Tigra or Tigra I don't know Uh, I'd go with Tigra Dazzler or Dazzler um Jack of Hearts, uh, Darkhawk, Quasar, Iceman, Wonder Man, Havoc. Ooh. Mm. Mm. A lot more Marvel than DC in Mr. Morbid's list. Yeah. You know, each of their own. <laughs> so, I'm sure some of them have had their own books at one point or another. Yeah, they have, actually. There's been, definitely been an yeah. Iceman book and a Quasar book and a Dark, and Dark, Dark Hawk. Dark Hawk, yeah. 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 Blue Devil, of course. A Dazzler. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, Dazzler. <laughs> as... <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Comics in the Golden Age said The Black Knight. Yeah. Uh, to which David Gallagher replied with a, a picture of a Black Knight statue. So, okay. Yeah. I thought uh, I, I thought David was saying, yeah, The Black Knight by showing a picture, but... Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. Hmm. Uh, we heard from Sean Ross at Secret Wars and Beyond podcast, and he said, I love Cyclops as a part of the X-Men, but he is a bit of a repressed anal retentive snooze on his own. Ooh, tell us mm. what you really think, Sean. He, he's a bit like that even when he is part of the X-Men. But, uh, um, yeah. Mm, yeah, agree. Uh, Ange at Dr. Ange70. Hey, Ange. He said, Marvel's Hercules, always better as a foil to the snootier superheroes, but alone his material gets old pretty quick. Ooh. Okay. Um, featured on all the best podcasts, um, I think that's Jonathan Dye. I think it yes. is, yeah. He said, it's always the guy that leads teams or is defined as the backbone of a team. So Cyclops, Martian Manhunter, Mr. Fantastic, they're boring if you don't have that dynamic. Ooh. That's, that's a fair call. Yeah, it's partly true, I think. Mm, yeah, harsh but fair. Mm. Oh, look, it's Aaron Long. At Juice005, and he said, How dare you insinuate that a strong guy cannot carry his own title? Unsubscribed. Oh, bye. Well, we, we'll we, miss you. We've had, yeah, we, we, we've had a good run, Aaron. Thanks. Um, and yeah, I haven't seen a strong guy comic, so I think the proof's in the pudding or something. Yes. Mm. Yes, uh, the virus is in the genes. Um, we heard from Saul Bishop, who's called Devin Noons's mum was right on Twitter, and he said, "Harley Quinn, love her as a supporting character, but I burn out quickly when she's on her own. Less is more." Agreed. Mm. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. Uh, Scotty Lamb at Scotty Lamb on Twitter said, "Honorable mention to Martian Manhunter." Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've read a good Man- Martian Manhunter comic or run. Yeah. But uh, okay. yeah, I, I wouldn't just, you know, hold it against Scotty. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we have from Jeffrey Brown at Sazigo, and he said, For me, it's Rogue. Sure, right now she has a series with Gambit, but I always enjoyed her growth and development as a supporting character during the Outback era of the X Men. Her friendship with Desler and the Storm, always having <laughs> Carol Danvers in her head during the 80s and into the 1990s. Mm. Mm. Cool, cool. Uh, I I was a fan of the Outback era X Men. I have to say, 
So when uh, the world thought they were dead and they were kind of just hanging out in the Australian outback. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Simpler times. Yep. Yeah. Aaron Moss at Headcast Network said, I'm going to say Deadshot. He's great in Suicide Squad, but to headline his own book, I don't think he works, other than maybe a miniseries, as the writers would want to make him a good guy, as they attempted to do in the Suicide Squad movie. Mm. I mean, I love mm. Deadshot, but yeah, he's not. he should never ongoing, definitely. Yeah, we heard uh, from Stana Helena, who's Aha Ahaini Anahe uh, the Laddie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like I'm missing some of the in joke there. But she said, uh, "Werewolf Juggy," who I presume is Jughead. So there is a Werewolf yeah. Jughead book right now, isn't there? I believe so. Yes, it's part of the Dark Archie or the Darchy. I don't know universe. So the Dizzler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dizzler. Yeah, um, but thanks, Helena. We we've not heard from you in a while. It's good good to see you back. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Sphinx Magoo at Sphinx Magoo said, "I'm going to cheat and lose two whole teams of characters: the Inhumans and the Amiga Men. They both kind of function in the same ways in their respective comics universes. They were story springboards for a hero or hero team, but seemed kind of flat when they were on their own." Ooh. I will accept that for the Inhumans yeah. because. Marvel stop trying to make the Inhumans a thing, but Amiga, I might respectfully disagree with Amiga Man. Yeah, Tom King certainly doesn't agree. <laughs> right, mm. right. Uh, we heard from Ken Holtzhauser, who's a Doctor Von something. Uh, he said. Uh, cough, Wolverine. I'm serious. I think the character works best as a loose cannon, reined in by teammates, and as a character that can be used as a contrast. Fair point. To boring, yeah, to, to boring characters like Cyclops. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, still looking forward to that Chip Zdarsky Wolverine comic. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Uh, Jack Rocha at Old Fashioned Outlaw said Phantom Stranger. He works best showing up randomly, like in Cosmic Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a bit of a you know, Deus Ex Machina. So yeah, I mean yeah. he's just a mystical character. So I don't you know, and if he becomes an antagonist or a, you know in his own book, then yeah, or protagonist. What's the word? Agonist. Fan- <laughs> Agony. A fantagonist. <laughs> yes, yes. Didn't he? Didn't he have his own book in the New Fifty Two? Yeah, it was terrible. It was a load of garbage. Right, okay, right. I thought as much, right. Okay, Mr. Bullet. Uh, Mr. Jinjin33, otherwise known as at LA72786919 on Twitter, said Black Knight. Okay. No, for the Black Knight. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, Scotty Lamb came back with another answer. And he said, uh, The Phantom Stranger or Dr. Fate. Anytime they were around, you knew it was going to be bad, but either has enough depth. No, I think it's meant to say. But neither has enough depth to carry a book. Mm. Mm. Doctor Fate has had a few books, though. He has had a few. Yeah. I wouldn't say they yeah. weren't deep enough to be carrying a book, sort of. But yeah. Anyway, mm. yeah. right now, probably not. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carl at Colpinion said Green Arrow. Okay. Ooh. I- interesting. Yeah, that's because a- like. He's got his own book and his own TV show, and yeah. it's a controversial okay. call from Kyle and his fancy hair. 
<laughs> Very fancy. Uh, we heard from Coffee and Comics at Coffee and Comics blog, and he said, this is Clinton, he said, Beast Boy, Namorita, Groot, and Omen. Mm. Mm. Yep. Can you imagine the dialogue in a Groot comic? Um, I think they exist, so yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. God. Right, okay. Right. Mm. Okay. Really? <laughs> wow. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll go yell at a cloud in a minute. Uh, Travis of Samaria at Crom's Devil One on Twitter said, "The Punisher. I always felt he was way more exciting before he had his own book. When he made appearances, it was a big deal. Even with the Netflix show, he was better on Daredevil." Oh. Oh, welcome, Travis. Yeah. I'm going to respectfully disagree because I love my Punisher comics that I've got. Uh, the Garth Ennis run in particular mm-hmm. is fabulous, and uh, okay, yeah, it goes where other comics didn't dare. Ooh. There's a, there's an issue where the, the Punisher is reading an anatomy book and then he is having a, a you know interrogating a guy and he's got this guy's guts out and strung them all over a tree, right? Without severing them, so that's messed up. Oh, oh well, that <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's skillful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all your intestines, you know, there's a lot of intestines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. full on. See. Uh, there's a lesson there, kids. Read. You know? <laughs> Read books. You'll learn so much. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, we heard from Eric Stevens at Stephen 001 and he said, The Beast. He is damn handy to have around for science and technology knowledge. Yeah, but he's probably not a headliner. Yeah. Well, no. I'm with you there. No. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Mo Walker at Dr. Mo77 said DC choice, Rond Vidar from the Legion of Superheroes, and his Marvel choice is Sage from the X-Men. Yeah, I know nothing about either character. <laughs> Mo so. is going obscure. Rond Vidar was the uh, Green Lantern of the future in the, t- in the uh, Legion of Superheroes. Right, okay. Yeah, and yeah, fair call. Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah. Like, I mean, a Green Lantern ring doesn't seem that special in the Legion of Superheroes when they're, you know. They've all got a flight ring and their special yeah. legion powers. Mm. Hmm. Uh, Revenge Technician at Casual Hex said Matthew the Raven and all the Robins, except maybe Carrie Kelly and Vision. Mm. Wow. Uh, I'll agree on Matthew the Raven. Yeah, I agree on that. Uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, I really liked the Ro- Tim Drake Robin series, even when he became Red Robin and sucked. That was mm. still good. Yeah. And, and Vision had uh, that, was it a mini-series or a maxi-series? It was 12 issues. It was very good. Yeah. Tom King again. Uh, <laughs> People have got it in for Tom King. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because we haven't mentioned it so far this episode, I actually met Tom King at Heroes Con. <laughs> so, Did you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got him to sign uh, my uh, copy of issue one of his Amiga Men series. Uh, and he... He was very keen to read it because he wanted to see if they were printed differently in Australia. <laughs> and I was like, no, they they get printed the same and shipped out to us. Really? Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he leafed through it to make sure it was the same. I was like, uh, yeah. So there you go. So, yes, I have been here. It's gone. Have you been here? It's gone. I have to. Yeah, it's good. Cool. Okay. Let's cool. get out of the way. Cool. <laughs> right. At CDCO. 
on the Twitters with a very long name that uh, unfortunately the uh, the picture chopped it all off. But it's Sadiko Channel Oberlin is my life something. Uh, Sadiko said, I'm going to say Quentin Qua. However, I'm not sure if there is an answer to this question that the right writer could not prove any of us wrong. I mean, seriously, if you told me years ago I'd like a book with Squirrel Girl, I'd have laughed myself into a stroke. Ooh, wow. fair call. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Quentin. Yeah, that seems as a headliner. Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Jeremy Klein, aka Dice that's Jeremy Klein, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, let's say yes. yes. <laughs> he said they're all worth a mini or maxi series, but dot dot dot. He, mm. he never came back to us to finish that thought. No, <laughs> no. That's a fairly safe answer, but thank you, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, uh, try underscore state twenty six said Superman. In his own books, it always seems like he's fighting Doomsday or Darkseid or some kind of crazy strong entity. But I love him as a supporting character because then when he appears, it's like, oh, fuck, they called in the big guns. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like that answer. Is this your sub account? <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's not me. Okay. No, it's not. Right, no. sure. Um, I, I, t- look... Full disclosure, I haven't even thought of an answer for this question yet. Oh, so, okay. And we're getting to the end of the responses, so um, sweating bullets here. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you, Tri-State. I do like that answer. Oh. Uh, we heard from Richard Thunderbay, and this is another vote for The Beast. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Be- Beast is handy as, a, as the science dude in the background, who is able to leap around a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Craig Naples at CRGN said, Danny the Street... No, wait, eh, maybe. <laughs> so, committed to that answer. Yeah. So, I'd, yeah. I'd read a one-shot. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, uh, Pirate Pekingese at Iowa Card said Alfred Pennyworth. Yes, I agree. I, mm. Alfred should be supporting Batman. He should not be starring. No. Yeah. And we don't Good need call. a TV show about Alfred. No, we don't. We don't. Trey Hooks at Gotham Kid seventy five said the creeper. Oh, that's a bit of a shot at Dr. Ange, I think. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> uh Thomas Bryant at Papa Bryant said, not exactly your request, but one that works equally well as a main or supporting character is Blue Devil. He had some very fun stories in the first run of the character, and when he became an auxiliary with the Justice League, he proved his value as a supporting character as well. Hmm. Mm. Yes, I, I, yes, he has potential, and he had potential, and yeah, that's worth exploring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, he can work either way. Yeah. Then over on the Facebook page, we heard from Jared Driscoll, and he said, "Quicksilver. He's my favourite Marvel character. However, I'd imagine that a series starring him would get rather boring quick." Ah, wordplay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I can. I can see him better as, as someone in a team environment. Yeah. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Mm. So we're at the end, Mike. So have you had enough time to think? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. Well, do you want me to give my answer? Yeah, you go for it. Go okay. For it. Deathstroke. Let's stop Deathstroke getting his own title. Okay. I mean, even when it's well written, it's not valid. I mean, and, you know, he'll always be the guy who was, you know, Having sex with teenagers to me. <laughs> wow, I um, I have not read any sort of Deathstroke 
stories that have that element, but I'll take your word for it. Oh, famous Titan mm. story, mate. Anyway, yep. <laughs> oh, hang on. Was that the, the Judas contract? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Wait, he and Tara. Oh, yeah. Wow, okay. Brad Meltzer's still upset about it. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Good Good to know. Okay. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. Um, I do like Tri-State's answer, but... <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I just can't think of one. I, I just can't think of someone that I, I can't imagine being given the opportunity to have their own headline book. Um, I could I could be snarky and say Green Lantern. Because oh. wow. he's just, you know, the, 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 the ring can do anything. You know, and, and depending on which version of Green Lantern you're reading it, you know, it's sentient as well. You know, or it's like a super smart computer as well. So it's just like, oh, just let him sit back in the... <laughs> In the the nosebleed section, and you know, create a supersonic jet for the team when they need it. I don't know. So, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I just turned a twenty sided dice for next episode. So. Ah, <laughs> uh, just for that, I'll go with Superman. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. Well, um, look, we'll start signing off now before it gets any sillier. So next time on the feed, and don't forget to go and check out waitingfordoom.com, we will be looking at the Doom Patrol in 52 and beyond. Uh, That's the 52 event series from DC Comics. And then on DC OCD, we'll be looking at Identity Crisis. That'll be fun. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so that's uh, that's next, I think, is uh, DCSED, and then we'll be back for... Back yes. To mm. yeah. Okay, and, but we have another question of the week, as is our habit, and that is, what's the comic they expected to be bad, which turned out to be an absolute delight? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I, Superman, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> is that my answer on your behalf, is it? <laughs> well done, Mike. Yeah, good answer. <laughs> Goodness me. So if you want to get in touch, you can reach out to us via Wilfred on Twitter at WFDPod. You can email us at waitingfordoom at gmail.com. You can check out the Waiting for Doom Facebook page. You can check out Doug Zavisha's excellent post on mygreatestadventure80.blogspot.com. You can also check out waitingfordoom.com, our new home site with lots of cool stuff on there. And that's us for another episode of Waiting for Doom. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Mike. And as always, stay weird, guys. Be good to each other. Don't be a crumb bum. And we'll catch you next time for more Waiting for Doom. Waiting for Doom.